The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by ZipRecruiter. Forgetting to start the hottest quarterback in the league, Josh Allen, not smart. Using ZipRecruiter to find qualified candidates fast, that's smart. ZipRecruiter identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, then actively invites them to apply. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. We are on to week 15. If you're still in the playoffs, shout out to you. If you're not, him, him. Oh, oops, you are so blessed. My bad. I apologize. If you are not, that's okay. Keep hanging with us for all the fun and the nonsense fields. Yates, Matthew Berry, and Mike Clay. Was that some weird random shot? Like, I'm trying to find the Twitter link so that people actually well, wasn't watch random at all. Thing. He was directly pointing was at you with his finger. Yeah, it was looking, very I was precise. Pointing at you. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. Mike Was it funny? Yeah. Didn't I just, feel like I, I didn't hear any precise. laughter. I mean, I count. Weird, I count. Weird. First of all, I count five people. He's he's intimate. not not including me. I count five people that were actually watching that. As I look back, there's four people behind the glass, and of course, Mike's here. And so I didn't hear one laugh. Like well, I feel like it was over five. Laughed. Just to be clear, he's intimating that you're not good at fantasy football. That's what happened there. Got it. Understood. Just to be crystal clear. Very clear. A couple of things. <laughs> first of all, good. Mike laughed. Second of all, in order for you to did hear you, anything, like, Mike, did you laugh? He chuckled. Did I? You chuckled, yeah. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Gonna go back and watch the tape right here on this one. But my point was this. Yeah, what's in order that? to hear Daniel or Kyle or Keith or Damien, they have to press a button and they weren't going to embarrass you on national podcast TV by laughing at your fantasy fortunes or lack thereof. I, I don't know how to, I don't know if I should laugh. Like, are you having a good year? Like, you still alive? Yeah, how you doing? I'm still alive in a lot of playoffs, actually. I, I mean, being like, funny, relax. That's a weird one. No, but I, I just like, I, all right, whatever. Okay. Let's, let's talk about some board bets that I won this week. Okay. What'd you win? Well, I bet Mike Clay that David Johnson was not going to score. What did you have him projected as? 19.5 points last week against my Detroit like that, yeah. Lions. I actually felt so confident. I was like, you know what? Let's do 18 wow, points. Wow, bold. Really bold. One and, point. Okay. And it was double or nothing for Stan Sox. And guess Ooh. what? I yeah. took home the W. So I did not, I, I, uh, first of all, was the first bet even with you? Like we went double, you went double or nothing on a bet with someone oh, else. No, don't try to weasel a lot of this one, Stefan. No, no, all right. You uh, made no, a bet. But it stands. It is what it is. Yeah. He, he got a lot of volume. Johnson had like an insanely inefficient game. What do you have? Like eight catches, eight catches for, for 12, 12 yards? yards. So I feel that's good. At, that's like a good process, bad results. So whatever you take your win, I'm okay with it. I'll take my win. And while I wait for my stance socks to come in the mail, I need you to give me yours, uh, just to make sure that you don't try to get away with anything. You know what? Here. No, I, I, take your I socks actually off. did not take your socks off. Take you your socks off socks and off? give me your socks right okay, now. Okay, I'll work on that. All right. I warm. They're free. Rewind. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant, instant replay. That, that's weird. You mentioned that bet, but not 
the one that you lost. That's so weird. Oh, it's that's just a weird. Which one was that? Uh, we did have an over under uh, touchdowns for Julio Jones set at three for this year. Julio it's awkward because ha- man, what does he have? He had five three now? coming into this game. He scored two more fluke touchdowns last week, <laughs> so now he's at five for the season. He's got five fluke touchdowns so far. There were not even five touchdowns in the game last night. There were some fluky touchdowns though last night between the Seahawks and the Minnesota Vikings. The Seahawks lose a uh, win, twenty-one to seven. For the Vikings, ugh, that was tough to watch. Like, what was going on right there? Matthew, you are a longtime Kirk Cousins uh, of, um, viewer. You've seen a lot of Kirk Cousins in his day, having spent five, six years with the Washington Redskins. What like, is, Kirk, is, has, Kirk has. I've spent many. You spent many more years than six uh, with Washington. But yeah. is he the problem? Like, what's the problem right now in Minnesota? Is it Kirk Cousins? Is that simplifying matters too much? I think it is. I think it is unfair to say it is all on Kirk Cousins. I mean, look, Kirk didn't play well in that particular game. Um, you know, uh, he did He did not play well. Having said that, he doesn't have a ton of offensive line, and you know, he he wasn't getting a lot of help from his from his from his offensive line. Guys weren't separating. And by the way, give Seattle credit. You know, we sit here and we're like we're dumping on Seahawks have played really good defense this entire year, and especially last night. Like, I don't like. It, I think it's too simple. To just say, oh, Kirk Cousins sucks, or Kirk Cousins isn't living up to the contract. The truth is, is that Kirk Cousins gets a unfair, I think, stigma or criticism because of his contract. Kirk Cousins is a very good NFL quarterback. Is he a great NFL quarterback? No. Is he the best quarterback in the NFL? No. Is he paid like it? Yes, because that's the current economics of the NFL, and it is very rare that a quarterback in his prime comes available on the free agent market, but that's my Redskins for you who managed to screw that one up. So I think that if Kirk Cousins had a normal contract, or if you didn't know what the details of his contract were, you wouldn't be talking about this. He has not played well in prime time for his career. He's very Andy Dalton-esque in that way. And honestly, that's sort of what I think Kirk Cousins is. I think he's a slightly better version of Andy Dalton. And by the way, I don't, I don't mean that as an insult. Just forgetting fantasy for a second, Andy Dalton's a good NFL quarterback. Is he a great NFL quarterback? No, but he's a B. You know what I mean? Like he's a he's a B level quarterback, and that's what I think Kirk Cousins is. I think Kirk Cousins is kind of a B plus, where he has struggled in in um it, where he struggled in primetime games. But I don't think it is unfair to I think it is unfair to put this loss entirely on Kirk Cousins. New uh, new teammates, new offense coordinator, bad offensive line. Like there's going to be some adjustment periods. Yeah, especially for a quarterback, honestly, who you know is a B. I'm with you. I think he's a, in a slightly above average right, a B quarterback. Plus, right? I would say That's that. what I'm saying. He he did have some some uh, bizarre dis, dis, bizarre decision making. We'll he had call a bad it last game. night. Um, he had a bad game. The play There's calling no also. That. Yeah, some yeah. suspect play calling too at times. You know, running against heavy boxes on third and one, but then the box is light and you throw the ball. And he, they, how many times did they call that play where you roll to the right and throw the ball out away right. on third down? Like it was just it was crazy. But I will say this about the Seattle defense. They are, they actually came in last night fifth worst in yards per play against, but as P. Carroll said earlier in the week, their team is designed not to lose. That's why they run the ball because they're weak on personnel. They know that they lost a ton in the offseason. That's how they built this team to not lose, run the ball, keep it close, and then let Russell Wilson win the game. That has worked for them this season. It did again last, last season and it kept the Vikings offense off the field. So let's spin back to the Vikings for a second too. Because- I don't have stats to, to back this up, but anecdotally, it, 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 it seems to me as if the Seahawks defense plays better at home and they play better in primetime games. That crowd gets into it. It's a great home crowd. It's a tough no place doubt. to play. 
so I think I do think that plays into it somewhat. And it, again, it's anecdotal. I'm, I'm sure there are stats that can back that up. But that's a tough place to yep. play. Thirteen sure. here, here the points allowed so far this year at all was pretty good. Thirteen, uh, thirty-three, which against the Rams. Three against the Raiders. That was good. Twenty-five, but against the Chargers. That's you know not not terrible. Packers. They win twenty-seven, twenty-four. They beat the 49ers by you know they allow sixteen points, seven points. So yeah, they have been quite good at home. A lot of close um, games too this year. And they do, Matthew, to your point, they do play Kansas City in week 16 I can't wait on for that national one. That's TV. That's going to be a good test. That will be a lot of fun. So we'll yep. see how that defense performs. But back to Kirk Cousins and what it means for this Vikings offense because Adam Thielen opened up the season with, like, I think it was eight straight games of 100-plus receiving yards. Has not been quite the same level of production since. Last night he goes for five for 70 on seven targets. He didn't have a catch until like the third quarter of last night's game. It was weird. Is something like, have we, do we have to recalibrate our expectations for Thielen and Stephon Diggs now? As we enter the most critical weeks of the play of the fantasy season, uh, not not significantly. I mean, he's been outside the top twenty-four of his past five after being top ten nine of his first ten, but he hasn't finished a week this season worse than twenty-seventh. So, what you, you start him? I mean, there's no question he's not even like a candidate to have a, a bust week. So, no matter what, you lock him in your lineup. We know that. Is he a candidate to be number one in our rankings on a weekly basis? I, I don't necessarily think I would go that far now. Probably down a few pegs with his target share down a little bit, but. The guy is uh, still a fantastic player. They've had a tough schedule as of late, some tough road games as well. And he has a good matchup this week. They're back home. They play Miami. He'll get Bobby McCain in the slot. That's going to be the best matchup among the wide receivers. So I think he's in position for a nice week here in Week 15. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, so I'm writing the love list right now for Week 14. Kirk Cousins makes the love list at home against Miami. I think, you know, we'll see if Xavier Howard plays. My expectation is, as we sit on a Tuesday morning, that he won't, which I think helps that um, helps the matchup as well for Cousins. But Back home against Miami, I think Cousins puts up a big game. And it's interesting, sort of like, as we'll go through the week, and this will be my last show, obviously, until Friday under the new schedule. But it feels like there's just sort of a lot of guys that are in that range, uh, Field and Mike, where quarterbacks that are coming off a poor week this week, that when you get into week 15, you don't feel great about starting them based on recent production, but you may not have a better choice. And I'm Cousins and Wilson are both in that camp, as are Drew Brees and Jared Goff and Mitchell Trubisky, right? I mean, there were a lot of like sort of big name guys that disappointed last week that I think you're going to have to be back in on uh, in week 15 or even Tom Brady who had a good right. game, but who's been brutal prior to that You've for a while. You've got the Dak and Brady on one side of the ledger, right? You know, Brett, Brady and Dak have not been as great so far mm-hmm. this season. They have great week 14s. And then you got players like you mentioned who are not, even Aaron Rodgers to a degree, was, right? You know, like. He's fine, but not amazing. Right. And now this week he's at Chicago, yeah. which you don't mm-hmm. feel good about don't at like all. like that one whatsoever. Right. Uh, so you mentioned, you mentioned, you mentioned Russell Wilson. By the way, Dalvin Cook scored a late touchdown that probably won people or lost people mm. a lot of fantasy football playoff yeah, matches. I, I know our friend Kevin Nagandi was on the yeah. wrong side of that one. Uh, <laughs> poor Kevin on that regard. That's um, by the way. And that is the word. By the way, and I love Kevin Nagandi, but, and I felt so bad for him. He texted that to me in addition yeah. to putting it out on Twitter. And I felt so bad for him because listen, when you sit there, and we've all been there, you got a game on the line, and you're up by a little on Monday night, and you're sitting there, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're thinking, maybe I can get through this, maybe I can get through this, and then at the very last play, on some baloney, like, junk time, games over, score, like, it's one thing if Galvin Cook had rushed for an 80-yard touchdown, like, on the third play, and then you're like, well, all right, well, it is what it is, but poor Kevin was, he was up for all, but two, until about two minutes left in the game. I have to, I have to confess. Uh, I I cannot wind down and like I need to turn the TV either off or away from sports in order to fall asleep at night. When the Seahawks picked sixth 
Minnesota, or uh, was it? It was a fumble on the kickoff. Like, they're like whatever. Well, Justin Coleman. No, when Justin Coleman scored, it was yeah, a fumble yeah, yeah. that he recovered. Right. Um, and he picked it up and scooped it. Scored. Twenty-one yeah. nothing. Two forty-five left in the game. I said, you know, I'm done. I was in a matchup, and I'm in a league with Keith, and it was like the ugliest matchup ever. Kirk Cousins was my starting quarterback. He had Russell Wilson. Weird scoring system, etc. But anyways, RDP league. That Kirk Cousins touchdown catapulted me into the next round. I, I woke up. I, I woke up this morning. Keith had texted me, and I was like, "Wait, what? I won!" It's like I I flipped the TV on to like you know holiday baking championship for the last two forty five of Monday Night Football because I wasn't going to be able to fall asleep otherwise. Susie wins, by the way. Oh, there, I Susie wins. You. Oh, dang it! And Marsha the entire time. Yeah. Uh, any event, Russell Wilson, as we just mentioned, not a great night for him. By the way, I can't I can't shut off Monday Night Football until after bad beats. Van, Beats is Scott amazing. Van oh, Van 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 Beats is amazing. I love it Monday night, so it stays on until that's over. Russell Wilson had just 72 passing yards last night. We thought the Vikings mm-hmm. offense was ugly. The Seahawks, at least in the passing game, was gross. Russell Wilson, though, in a great spot this upcoming week against San Francisco. This was finally, like, I feel like the numbers finally aligned, Mike. Like, everything of what Russell Wilson was doing so far this year was not sustainable. And then it finally caught up to him last night. Yeah, hopefully he wasn't in your lineup. I mean, he's been better lately, but as we've talked about all season, the ceiling isn't there. Occasionally, he has like one or two weeks where he's been in the inside the top eight. Otherwise, he's been like ninth, twelfth, thirteenth, seventeenth. Early in the season, he was outside the top twenty quite a bit. So uh, he's been a strong quarterback too. I guess you could give him. Uh, last night he bailed you out because of his rushing yardage, but. That's what he is that's going str- forward. But that's, that's a generous use of bailing out here, right? I mean, nine yeah. points in total for <laughs> Russell Wilson on 61 rushing yards and an absolute YOLO interception at the end of the first half where... But that's like, that's sort of fluky, right? I mean, like, you would expect, like, I, I thought Wilson would play better. Like, you would think that Wilson would score in that scenario, right? The, the, the rushing isn't surprising. The 72 yards passing, that is, yes, he has been down in terms of his, um, in terms of the volume, but you didn't expect under a hundred yards no passing. Yeah, yeah. Especially at home where he traditionally plays better. And the Vikings defense has shown some leaks of late. I mean, it's a good defense, but it hasn't. I mean, played very well last night. And that, well, that's the risk you take in a, in a super low volume pass offense. And right. he has not been delivering the rushing yards like this, this yeah. season. This is, was his best game. He had really had that long run. That was really the difference maker. That probably won some people some fantasy matchups this week, that long run down the sideline. Sure. But yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the risk you take when you start a guy that is in the run heaviest offense in the league by far. Yeah. Chris, Chris, Under 250 passing yards in 11 of the last 12 for Russell Wilson. Brutal. But That's next crazy. week he's at San Francisco. And the schedule, so, like, right. he, and he plays two games at home. So it's like, I'm kind of in, you know? Right. You know, and it'll be interesting to sort of see what happens because against the 49ers, that's a game where you expect, like, especially with their defense and a backup quarter facing a backup quarterback and Nick Mullins, like, you figure, like, do they get up big? Do they just, like, is it a big Chris Carson? Is it a big Rashad Penny game? You know, a trap. Last night, yeah. Yeah. Be a trap too on the road division rival. San, you know, San Francisco has been right better with their hot, frisky Nick Mullins. Yeah. And the, plus Seattle basically clinched the five seed. I mean, they're going to need to really fall apart to lose the five seed. You know, they could get well, a little in comfortable this, in this season. You can't get comfortable at all in the no NFL. Question. The Redskins are still in the mix. The Eagles are still in the mix. Mm-hmm. I can assure squads. you the Redskins are no longer in the you mix. Know what? Yeah, I understand right. math- mathematically, they are. mathematically I, they are, but actually, I can I, I assure you they're not. I tweeted this last night. If the team with the higher winning percentage wins out with, with teams tied that it goes to the home team washington's the six seed so, interesting. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance it's not impossible i know i understand the jazz i understand I mean, but like they should have beat the giants like i don't want them to go to the playoffs like i am i as a redskins fan i hope they lose out 
I want them to finish six and ten, get a better draft pick. They've got to start over. They're not going anywhere in the playoffs right, with right. with that offensive line and Josh Johnson under center. They're just not. So it's like to squeeze in the playoffs at eight and eight or something like that as a six seed or whatever, like only to get our butts kicked. Like who wants that? Like for me, wow. I'm just being the, realistic. I'm the, being realistic. Like you're not. The Redskins, as currently constructed, given all the injuries they've had, there's literally no way they go to the Super Bowl. Disrespect for the first ever draft selection in the AAF draft. Listen, Josh Johnson came out and he was a gamer. He was better than Mark Sanchez, but it just, I'm just being realistic. There was somebody who tweeted at me, and I think several other people, like many times over, a lineup, a screenshot of how they started Josh Johnson in their lineup this past week. Because this person thought it would be funny if they started a lineup that was only made up of players with the last name Johnson. (laughs) <laughs> like, hey, I started Josh Johnson. I'm a genius. And it's like, yeah, you also started like, you know, David Johnson and Duke Johnson and every other Johnson is Andre Johnson on, if yeah, he's on, in the database. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's Calvin Johnson. Day, but yeah, Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson. Got you a lot of points in that matchup right. there. Uh, so the Seahawks win. They are probably a very good bet for the fifth seed in the NFC, but a weird only, game. Yeah, the only night. other thing I wanted to just bring up here is that I thought Rashad Penny looked like you know, here in week 14, what Mike Clay said he would look like in the preseason. It's about time, Mike. You know, right. yeah, it's a nice been, job. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember when he was a bust. I mean, right? He was a little <laughs> overweight. He got yeah. hurt and was overweight in the preseason. He's a bust throwing the towel. 5.1 yards per carry this season. A little better than average after contact. I love that kid. You know what else I love? Quick, while we're in yeah. uh, in the, the newsy section of the of this uh, this podcast, Boston Scott signed off the Saints practice squad to the Eagles roster. Me and Howie. Roseman on the there same page there. Yeah, Josh Adams, now Boston Scott. Well, Corey well, Clement got uh, pretty banged yes, up there. So you is. would assume the signing of Boston Scott is sort of an indication that they're nervous about Corey Clement's availability for How Sunday. How he listens to the podcast, by the way. Oh, yeah? I don't know that to be true. Yeah, he, be cool he, he, did, right? he must yeah. listen to our Howie's not going to deny it. Right. Who's going <laughs> to ask Howie if, 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 if it's true or not? Um, but what I was gonna, the reason I bring that up is just as people head into waivers, tonight – I think Rashad, I believe if something were to happen to Chris Carson, which, by the way, based on his history over the last two years, is certainly within reason, mm-hmm. right? He came into this game with a finger injury as well. I think it would be Penny over Davis, just just from the eye test. I mean, Davis might be involved some in passing downs, but Penny looks like by far the superior back, and I think he's got the confidence of the coaching staff. So mm-hmm. I think he, especially given how run-heavy this team is, and as as Mike is saying, like they've clinched a play, or they haven't clinched, but looks fairly certain in terms of what their uh, postseason will look like. So you could see Rashad Penny having a significant role down the stretch for a variety of reasons. If you have Chris Carson on your team, I think you need to make sure you have Rashad Penny today. He's out there in a ton of leagues. Yeah, they're going to lock down that five spot soon, and then... They'll probably rest some guys down the yeah. stretch here. And probably, I, you probably know at least I, week I don't 17. Know. I don't know, because they're one of those teams that's so young and ahead of schedule that they might be like, listen, we have seen teams over the past couple of years lose their mojo. The Rams last season, resting those guys in Week 17, kind of seemed to catch up to them against the Falcons in the playoffs. I think there's a chance they play all the way through. I'm with you on that as a general team philosophy, but could I see them resting Chris Carson, who's been banged up up no and doubt. down throughout no this doubt. year? Hundred percent. I could see them still starting Russell Wilson, still starting a lot of their, but Doug Baldwin take a seat. Hey, Chris Carson, some of their other guys that have been, you know, nicked up throughout the year. I could certainly see them, uh, you know, taking a seat. Yeah, probably week uh, seventeen after yeah. the Chiefs game. They'll they'll play out that Chiefs game after that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's get now to some news, and we begin in Kansas City. Where before we, we have... do that, though, Field, why don't we let Matthew talk to us about maybe he wanted to buy tickets to go see a game somewhere. You know something, Daniel? That's a great idea. Matthew, would you do that for us, please? Yeah, sure. Okay. I assume what you're talking about, Daniel Dopp, in a very, very sly, segue way. Subtle. Is you would like me to tell everyone about SeatGeek. (gasps) My friend's there. Yeah, that was it. 
because I'll be honest. You sit there and you see Daniel Dopp, right? You see there with the, I see with, him. The, with with the bushy with, beard, with the bushy beard, yep. and the wide eyes and the confused look when we ask him to push a button, right? And you're like, that's a guy that can't buy tickets on his own. And then you're like, well, what happens when Mrs. Squirrel is busy? Well, the fact of the matter is, Daniel, getting tickets online can be far too complicated. Don't blame yourself, right? There's hundreds of sites, varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. You look at Mike Clay and his beady eyes. Like, you can't trust him. Can't trust Absolutely that guy. not. Can't trust that guy. <laughs> yeah, Keith Lipscomb, he'll tuck whatever tickets you have and sell them for Browns gear. Keith so, opened up his coat and was like, hey, you want to buy some Browns tickets? I'm saying. <laughs> right. So the fact of the matter is, it's hard to know in this crazy world who to trust, especially online. Which is why SeatGeek, of course, is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. Right? Some of those ticket sites just try to gouge you here, but there's nothing quite like being there in person. SeatGeek is going to get you close to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Every purchase fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And what they do is here's what they do. They search multiple ticket sites. They grade every ticket based on value. And as a result, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. So you know what you can afford. They're going to search all these ticket sites. They don't have tickets themselves. They look at everyone else that has tickets. They know where the people, they know the good ones, they know the bad ones, and they tell you, hey, this is a good deal, this is a bad deal. It's very simple to use on the app. And the one thing that I really like about it is, is they have the, the seat finder. So you're just like, section 432 seat C, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. Do they have eight levels or three? Am I in the nosebleeds or I'm in the middle? You don't know. And then what you do is you go there and you sort of pinch and you sort of look and it'll give you sort of like a bird's eye view that'll give you like a from this is what it will look like from your seat. It's actually a very cool feature. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone as I've uh, as I've told you guys on this podcast many, many times. Here's the best part. Listeners of this podcast, you get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Here's what you do. Just download the SeatGeek app. Come on. you got hundreds of apps on your phone. So What's one apps, more? Yeah. So many apps. One more. Just download the SeatGeek app, and you enter the promo code FFF. Again, that is promo code FFF, and you get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Remember, SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right. Now we get to some news, and our biggest news all surrounds the game involving the Chiefs and the Chargers. Here's the good news. Tyree Kill, the Chiefs wide receiver, is expected to play on Thursday night football. Both he and Spencer Ware missed practice. And I say air quotes because on these short weeks, teams aren't really practicing. You don't really say air air quotes, but for those of you not (laughs) watching on the Twitter show, he actually did the air quotes. When you use air quotes, which is what I just used, um, it's it's because they didn't really practice on Monday. It's a projection more than anything else or a walkthrough at most oftentimes, especially when it's week 15 of the NFL season. Oh, yeah. Adam Schefter reported last night that Tyree Kill should be good to go on Thursday. That's good news, and not to oversimplify things, but like if he's playing, you're playing him, albeit in a difficult matchup against the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, Mike, you always write the wide receiver cornerback mm-hmm. matchups column on ESPN.com. It's part of ESPN+. Plus. Yes. Um, it's a great column. It's a must-have. Uh, it's one of the many reasons to subscribe to ESPN+, Plus, including the fantasy show. Uh, but, Mike, do you project Casey Hayward to try to keep up? With Tyreek Hill? Nope. How do you see this? The Chargers have never, the Chargers shadow a lot with Casey Hayward. They've never shadowed Tyreek Hill. But that, and I don't expect that to change this week. And by the way, hasn't worked. Doesn't matter. It won't work because they move him around the formation a lot. And yeah, I was going to say, uh, Hill's numbers playing the Chargers this year, <laughs> yeah. 162 yards, two touchdowns, plus a return touchdown last season at 77 yards and a touchdown in one game and 88 yards and a touchdown 
in the other one. Five touchdowns in three games against the Chargers. They're not going to yeah, shadow him. He scored him. in every game but one. He's been unbelievable uh, against the L.A. Chargers. Has Tyreek Hill. Yeah, seven for, what was it, 169 all the way back in week one. So Tyreek Hill should be good to go. He will be ranked inside the top ten as he most often is. And it's good news. It's good with Sammy Watkins unlikely to play in this one as well. It's good news for Patrick Mahomes. Not that you were ever going to bench Mahomes, but if you were looking at a game without Hill, without Watkins, against the Chargers in a Week 15 playoff, you might feel like, ah, you know, that's uh, you would lower expectations for Mahomes with Kelvin Benjamin getting like eight targets. That would worry you a little bit. uh, (laughs) Kelvin Benjamin is going to get resurrected. We're all going to be like, oh, definitely. What? I'm so not a Kelvin Benjamin fan. And by the way, I'm with you. I'm look. Patrick Mahomes is straight magic. magic. Patrick Mahomes is straight magic. So anything's possible. But yeah, Benjamin, anything's possible. Benjamin's gonna like plot in from the fullback position for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Oh you my know, like god! Something like that. Tackle eligible oh play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's move along here to the other news in this game. Justin Jackson of the Los Angeles Chargers might be the starting running back on Thursday night. Uh, I'm gonna read the latest, and this comes from Steve White, who's our friend of ours from NFL Network. He's a great job. He's West Coast based. And he just tweeted this at 10.59. The Chargers are not optimistic that running backs Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler will be ready for Thursday's huge AFC West matchup against Kansas City. Head coach Anthony Lynn told me. Pretty good source right there. Uh, for I've Steve. heard of both those people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rookie running back Justin Jackson and Trez Newsom are likely to be the spot, which would be the next two men up. People are familiar with Justin Jackson, the seventh-round rookie, out of Northwestern. Newsom, Western Carolina, good athlete, but... Again, we're, that's about all we can say about it. We really haven't seen him play sure. so much. If either, but, if both of these guys miss, like, are we talking about Justin Jackson as a top 15 play this week? The, certainly, and we'll get into the waiver wire column, but has to be the preeminent ad of the week. I mean, the number one must ad of the week, even if you don't need a running back, even if you mm-hmm. won't play him, just to keep him away from your opponent. He absolutely is a 100% must add, needs to be 100% roster. He's available in about 57% of ESPN leagues. And so, first off, you can run on the Chiefs, right? 25th against the run over the last four weeks. So there's that. And we always talk about this. What's the most, the two most important things in fantasy success, talent and opportunity. Mm-hmm. And Justin Guess Jackson, yeah. we, we, you know, in the short, in the small sample we have, we think there's something talented there and opportunity is abundant. Remember, since week eight, Chargers running backs gaining the second most yards per carry before first contact. That offensive line starting to play well. And like last three weeks, he's, there's actually some big playability there. Again, all this is small sample size, but um, last three weeks, Justin Jackson has had 25 touches. Three of them, I'm sorry, six of them. Of the 25 touches, six of them have gained 17 or more yards. By comparison, Austin Eckler only has two of 50. So, I mean, there's like, there's some big play there and some of that's holes and some of that's scheming. But the fact of the matter is, is that in the small sample that we've seen him, Mike, Justin Jackson is impressed. Yeah. No question about it. 5.2 yards per carry again, small sample, but he's caught all five of his targets. He's been effective so far. And you know, sometimes there are teams or offenses or backfields where, especially backfields where you're like, this is a great fantasy backfield. The Chiefs being a great example of that. And you're, if the Saints, another one, if, say, Ingram went down, we're always, and, and all offseason when he was suspended, we were talking about who's going to be that number two. We're always attracted to that. Well, the Chargers are one of them. They are second in running back fantasy points this season. They're only seven behind the Saints. I mean, that's how right. great that backfield has been, whether it's Eckler or Gordon or Jackson mixing in. So this is a great spot. There's no question he could push for upward of 15 to 17 touches, maybe more if the game's close. Now, the only reservation I'd have is it could be, a very pass-heavy game for the Chargers, especially if they're behind in this game. 
And maybe they don't throw to the running backs a lot in this one either. I mean, that that's really the only red flag is that it could end up being a shootout and uh, a lot of the targets will go to the But honestly, like to me, I think of, I, I, I would be, as somebody who might start Justin Jackson in a couple of leagues, like I'll be able to get him in the, I have him, I have him in my vampire league and I'm in one other league. Um, so I haven't looked at my lineups yet. So I, I may be starting him this week. I would be excited about a shootout because then I think there's a chance they fall in the end zone. Sure, like no again, question, like, no question. and even you, you mentioned he's caught all five of his passes. So here's a guy that I think will be back there, you know, back in, in the backfield. And so whether there's dump offs from Phillip Rivers and just being on the field in a game where there's going to be a lot of scoring, mm-hmm. you know, I think is would be beneficial to Justin Jackson. Again, thinking about how you attack the Chiefs, running the ball against them is one of them. The more you run the ball, the less time Patrick Mahomes has on the field. Thirsty Kyle throws up on the screen that in his final collegiate season, Justin Jackson caught 44 passes. So mm-hmm. that's within his skill set as well as a pass catcher. Yeah, man, a ton of volume that final season at college. I think he had over 300 carries too. Just a crazy workhorse role. But I'm with you. I will have him top 15. There's no question he's a fringe RB1. I'm just saying it could be a little different from a normal game script for the charge. And that, yeah, of course, and he's not Melvin Gordon, but like, to find a guy in the waiver wire that could be a top no question, 15 play no and this point of the season, about at this no, point of the yeah. season. No question. Thank you. Uh, more, of course, we'll have more information on whether there's some sort of definitive out, questionable, doubtful tag for both Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler tomorrow. And then, of course, on Thursday at that game, we cannot wait for that one. Really hope it's a competitive one. I, I, I like, I understand the Chiefs. They would be, they would be my pick and I'm not trying to spoil picks can pick them, but I'd like that game to at least be competitive. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. One. And talk about some other waiver wire ads. And now a quick moment with our ZipRecruiter's smartest fan of the week. Hey, this is Josh Buck, the ZipRecruiter's smartest fan of the week, and you're listening to the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Now back to the show. Good stuff there. We always yep. appreciate our ZipRecruiter Fan of the Week live reads. Let's get into the waiver wires. Matthew, I'm going to hand it off to you. Yeah, now Field Yates, of course, writes the Working the Wire column for ESPN.com. Yeah. The Week 15 edition is already up, available on ESPN.com and yes. in the ESPN app. I'm a f- company man. And so want to ask you, Field Yates, to work the wire. As we just talked about, we just talked for, whatever, five minutes about Justin Jackson. He's the clear-cut number one if he's available in your league. That's the guy you're picking up. Even if you don't need a running back, he, you need to keep him from your opponent. Uh, so he's the number one. But assuming he's gone, yep. let's talk about some quarterbacks and tight ends. And we start at the tight end position. Maybe you lost Greg Olson and you don't love who you picked up last week. Maybe you lost Jordan Reed uh, this week. He's not going to play. So who's out there, Field? Yeah, Ian Thomas of the Carolina Panthers feels like a legit part of their offense. And he had 11 targets this past week. Nine catches for 77 yards. For those who aren't familiar with him, I don't blame you. He played at Indiana, but was a late college football bloomer. Excellent athlete. Just didn't have a lot of tape uh, for college or for pro teams to evaluate. And when Greg Olson has been out, he has stayed busy. Now, the Saints have been one of the best teams in terms of limiting opposing tight ends in fantasy this year. Yep. All that being said, guys, we're talking about a position that has five to six trustable quantities. Thomas, to me, would be just as likely to produce as some of the much bigger names like Kyle Rudolph, Evan Ingram, mm-hmm. 
All those guys, like, I don't yeah. have any discernible difference between them and, and Ian Thomas right now. Caught 14 of 16 targets over the last two weeks. You know, a lot of stuff close to the line of scrimmage as well. And you think about Cam Shoulder, not 100%. Yeah. Looks like they're trying to get a lot of underneath stuff, which would bode well for Thomas. Yeah, you'll look back at the past four games in which Greg Olson has been out or left the game injured. Uh, Thomas is five plus targets in all of those games. He played almost every snap in this game. And he may be the future there. This may be Olsen's last season with the team. He may be there every down tight end next year. So they're going to take a long look at him. I'm sure they'll throw it plenty. And I know uh, David Newton, who covers the Panthers for us earlier this season, when Olsen was hurt the first time around, said, you know, keep an eye on him. I think he's going to be a big part of the passing game. So a lot to like here. Let's uh, let's say somebody grabbed Ian Thomas because you also recommended him last week. Worth noting there as well. Obviously uh, uh, turned out well because he had the nice game against the Browns last week. So if somebody missed out on Thomas, is there another tight end that – Again, if you're sort of scrounging the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I think Vernon Davis, of course, the Redskins. Now, the mitigating factors are obvious, right? The Redskins are down to their fourth string quarterback in Josh Johnson. They face a very good, despite what they showed last Thursday night. And I'm sorry that the Jaguars quit last Thursday night, or at least did not show the effort. Remember, we had a big discussion yes. on the podcast about whether they should be a top-ranked defense. Mike, score one for you, but my goodness gracious, I... I I should walk it back and not say quit because that's way too strong of a word to over accuse a team of. But where was the effort last week from the Jaguars? That was pitiful and terrible. But, uh, Vernon Davis, you know, he's still, he's still a thing. He's still athletic enough to make a difference. And with, uh, Jordan Reed now doubtful, maybe even for the rest of the season, Vernon Davis is the next man up and, uh, Josh Dotson in the concussion protocol. Someone's got to catch passes for Washington. Vernon Davis would be a deeper desperation play tight end. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. No question. He was tight end 11 in the nine games Jordan Reed missed last season. So he's a, he's a fringe starter. He only had two touchdowns. Obviously, the quarterback situation, a lot worse than it was last season, going from Kirk Cousins to Josh Johnson, presumably. He's not going to uh, keep that offense moving like he did in, in trash time against the Giants. But, um, again, if you're desperate and you have a problem oh. there, he's an option. Jaguars allow uh, touchdowns to opposing tight ends at the fifth highest rate this season, which makes sense when you just think about it. You don't want to attack Ramsey or Bouye. Sure. You know? So it's just where do you try to move the ball against the Jaguars? It's the middle of the field. It's trying to match up against linebackers. And so with no Jordan Reed, you expect a lot of heavy snaps for Davis in passing situations there. So, yes, if you are, da- uh, if you are desperate, Vernon Davis. Now, we just talked about so many quarterback uh, situations Field where you don't feel great about the guy and yeah. it's sort of a little iffy. So if you're looking for a streamer, you don't love the matchup of your particular quarterback, who's out there? Yeah, running back Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills. No, no, so <laughs> fullback. Slip of the tongue there. Josh Allen has got 335 rushing yards over the past three weeks on 31 attempts. So uh, I haven't watched every single Bill snap, but I can tell you with confidence that it's not the same type of rushing production as Lamar Jackson. These are not designed runs that you're seeing from Josh Allen with the same regularity that you see them from Lamar Jackson. He's completing 50% of his passes. He's got, I think, one with how many total? It's like very few passing touchdowns over the past three weeks. Three. Three, three. Uh, three and he's four got, He's got on, he's got five touchdown passes on 227 attempts this year. So this very five, low right. overall production. And yet he keeps producing with his legs over his past three weeks. Here's his rushing output for fantasy. 16.1, 13.5, 15.9 points. So say what you will about the throwing. And I know it's not designed, but if you feel super lucky and you feel like there's a chance that this can keep up and you are super nervous about your quarterback elsewhere, then maybe you roll the Josh Allen deck. Yeah. I, I think this is an interesting matchup though, because you look back at the, you, you just kind of touched on it, right? 73 points over the past three weeks, 45 and a half of it has it, been with it, his the last three weeks. He's the number one quarterback in fantasy. Right. Right. But check out this matchup. They play the Lions this yes. week, right? 
They've allowed 34 carries, 62 yards, and one touchdown to quarterbacks on the ground this season. And you might say, well, maybe their schedule's been easy. Here's some of the quarterbacks they've faced. Mitch Trubisky, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, and even Kirk Cousins, who at times can, can add some value, especially touchdowns with his legs. They've allowed 62 yards and one touchdown. Cam did nothing against them on the ground. I mean... There could be something there. I mean, the Lions do not let quarterbacks scramble against them. Listen, the Lions and the Lions mm. defensively have played a lot better since they got Snacks Harrison just uh, against the run. Having said that, the season's over for this team. The whole team's broken. They're going to Buffalo in December, mm-hmm. right? I mean, do we really think the Lions are showing up in Buffalo in December? I mean, I, I'm sure they'll have a lot of practices outside. Patricia and a they short will show up. Like they will show up, but they well, will they'll, not. They'll, they'll get credit for attendance. Yes, exactly. Like they'll. <laughs> Right, when we do roll call. I'll tell you what, right now the Detroit Lions have had a big youth movement the last game or two where they've been sitting some of their normal veterans to be able to get some of these younger guys some reps because they know they're looking ahead to next year. So as a part of that, though, we haven't, like Mike was saying, we haven't let a lot of quarterbacks run against us. But Josh Allen is a really, I mean, he's a really good mobile quarterback. This is what I will say about Josh Allen. The floor is incredibly low. Like you, you, we talk boom bust, we talk risk reward. Absolutely. It is there. But would it shock anyone if Josh Allen puts up a top 10 performance against the Lions this week? It shouldn't. Do I think, do I read it the other way though? Maybe is the floor, feels like maybe the floor is higher. I don't know. Because of the running. Like, you just, you, know. you risk him being shut down as a rusher. And if that happens, you're in deep trouble. You yeah. might get three fantasy. Anyway, right. I think the, the big takeaway here, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to say this every single week for the last three, but, it's week 15. You're in the playoffs. You're probably like Justin two- Jackson's a very <laughs> rare exception. Yes, like most right. of these players are merely for those who play in really deep leagues or someone who's two in a pinch, leagues. two quarterback leagues. You've been sort of mixing format. and matching and that kind of stuff. Just uh, Thirsty Kyle throws up a stat here. Just I'm going to throw this out to you. Lions allowing the fifth most yards per completion this season. Allen actually ranks third in that category over the la- past three weeks. I mean, we have seen whether it's whether it's Foster, whether it's Zay Jones, we've seen some production. It's been inconsistent. I yep. mean, literally, he is completing about 52 percent of his passes. Um, it is. It's not going to be pretty. But I will say it is fun to watch. It like, sure is. It, fun. It is the Josh Allen experience is worth the ride. It is absolutely fun, and I have to say that. Listen. Long way to go for Buffalo, but I think if I was a Bills fan, I would be encouraged because I think he got a quarterback. Like I think he's unrefined. I think there's lots of work still to be done, but I also think he doesn't have a lot around him. I th- I think that's true. I yeah. think he. I think I would feel optimistic if I was a Bills fan. I'm excited about a lot with that team. I'm still on the pessimistic side of now. I mean, we have to see consistently as a throw consistency as a throw. You can't complete 45 percent of your passes over a season. And have a successful football team. Total so Yater right there, Mike. Total Yater. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. Listen, he that's needs okay. he he needs an offensive line. He needs some pass catchers. He needs consistent pass catchers. I mean, where the hell's Robert Foster bit? I mean, like like it's different guys every week. I mean, yeah. like yeah. like hey Charles Clay, take a step forward and catch a stupid touchdown pass. Isaiah you, McKenzie. Could, I mean, you're come playing full time now. I yeah. mean, like yeah, I that's mean, why there should be optimism. There, yes, this, that's what I'm saying. The personnel around him is yeah. not good. The, yeah. the personnel around him is brutal, and he's still. By hook or by crook, you know, keeping them competitive. And so, actually, if I were a fan of any of the teams that spent a first-round pick on a rookie quarterback this year, I would be cautiously optimistic. I mean, Lamar Jackson has ways to go as a passer as well. But I think there's something there. And I think there's something there with Darnold. You know, I think there's, you know, we'll see. I think something there with Josh Rosen. I actually yeah. like Josh Rosen myself. Yeah. Uh, Daniel. And I think Baker Mayfield's a stud. Yeah, oh, he looks awesome. Total stud. Daniel, please tell us about Subaru. Yeah, you bet, Field. Okay. During the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru and its retailers have shown just how far the love can go. 
Over 100 national parks supported through the National Park Foundation. More than 50,000 animals rescued through the ASPCA. Nearly 2 million meals delivered through Meals on Wheels. More than 1,800 wishes granted through Make-A-Wish. More than 1,170 hometown charities supported. That's $140 million donated to charity by Subaru and its retailers over 11 years. Right now, when you get a new Subaru during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 to the charity of your choice. When we share love, we all win. The Subaru Share the Love event now through January 2nd. And Matthew, Exploring the Waiver Wire is brought to you by the all-new three-row Subaru Ascent. And let's say you already put in a waiver claim for Justin Jackson at running back, but you're not sure if you're going to get him or not. Is there another running back that you want to make sure you get a claim put in on? I'll take Good it from question. here, Daniel. Great question. And shout out to Subaru. That's a really neat thing they're doing. Field writes the waiver column. No, you're right. So just, we, we ask, we ask field. You do that every week, I feel yeah. like. The waiver yeah. columns. Again, we, the same thing we just said. It's so the answer to you, the answer, Daniel, is what I would do is I would go to ESPN.com or I'd open my fantasy app. ESPN.com. HTTP right. colon backslash backslash www.espn.com slash fantasy. Right. So I do that. And then I scroll till I find free agents, free agent finds by field Yates. Then I start roll scrolling, I clicked and it. I wait, and I click, and I see what names he's recommended, and then I scroll down. Okay, yeah. one more name that I would consider would be Damian Williams, who actually played one more snap in Spencer Ware last week, in part because Spencer Ware got hurt, and we're all of a sudden at the point where he's one injury to Spencer Ware away from being the starting running back, and the topic of conversation, in the same way that we're talking about Justin Jackson, in a really good offense that's super fantasy friendly, and he had two touchdowns last week; those aren't likely to sustain. He's a good pass-catching running back. He's been productive when given the chances, both in Miami and now in Kansas City. Yep. Just, again, keep this, like, this is the kind of movie should make it at this time of the year. You're probably not going to play him on Thursday night, unless Spencer Ware doesn't play in this game for some reason, because he was banged up on Sunday. But keep in mind, like, you should be rostering the backup running back to your team. The, the, the fantasy playoffs are all about roster construction for the next couple of weeks. And yep. so you should be looking at every player, because all those roster spots are valuable, and you should be looking at every single roster spot is there ever a chance I'm playing this guy? And and so like for example like uh like a week or two ago I was looking at my I was looking at my roster in one playoff league and I I've had Traquan Smith in this league forever. And I'm just like I'm like well, I've been hanging on cuz I like Traquan Smith and part of the Saints offense and they got a good schedule. I'm just like, you know what actually? I got Michael Tom I already got Michael Thomas. Like and and um I had Cortland Sutton, I had DJ Moore, um have somebody else that's, you know, like a, like a good number two or something like that. Um, and so like, maybe I'd like Doug Baldwin. And, and so I'm just like, you know what? I'm never playing Traquan Smith. Like, the, like all these guys that would be, would have to be injured. And I'm just like, so he's my fifth wide receiver. I would rather get rid of my fifth wide receiver who has a very small chance of ever playing for me and, and pick up a backup handcuff. All of you, as we talked about with Rashad Penny earlier. Yep. Damian Williams, if you have Spencer Ware. Well, um, you know, uh, we've talked about this. John Kelly, if you have Todd Gurley. I hey, prefer Kelly to Davis. By the way, it may not be likely, but the Chiefs could clinch the first seed in the playoffs this week. Mm-hmm. They win. The Patriots and Texans lose. It's theirs. It's Done. actually Finito. just Patriots. Just oh, just Patriots. That's it. Yeah, okay. The, yeah. yeah. Texans can't catch them if they win. Oh, okay. That's yeah. right. Cause they head to head or something like that. But in any event, uh, yeah, the Chiefs and, and Patriots <laughs> on the road at Pittsburgh, a Steelers so, team desperately needs yeah. to win. So you would have a scenario where you could have the Chiefs resting players like Spencer Ware. One more running back. And I feel almost silly mentioning it, but Theo Reddick has been on this. And I also feel like, by the way, and I'm sorry. Hey, Thirsty Kyle, you can look this up. Um, 
But I feel like, Andy, there are certain coaches that rest players that always rest players, and there are certain coaches that are always like, we're playing through. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Andy Reid is one of those guys that rests players. Well, we know last year Patrick Mahomes made his first ever career start Correct. in Week 17 of Smith. the NFL season. Would you suggest um, then to pick up like Trent Green or Joe Montana in case they Joe Montana. Patrick Mahomes? Um, that'd be Chad Henney, right? Chad Henney would be the next man up. You know what's great? Pass. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge this. Um, I didn't think it was possible, but your Joe Montana, Trent Green joke right there, and I use joke in air quotes. I, Wait, hold on. We, well, we learned how to use air quotes, quotes earlier yeah, in the yeah, podcast. Yeah. I'm, using, yeah. I'm using Fields air quotes here. I didn't think it was possible for you to tell a worse joke than your hamstring recall joke, and yet you managed <laughs> to do that. Don't challenge like, me, buddy. Seriously, dude. That was like... It was I mean, good. Trent no, Green, Joe Montana. It makes no sense at Chiefs all because it's like because first off, they, we're talking first handcuffs. Off, first off, in the in the moment of a joke, part of part, like not to get too theoretical on you, but honestly, part of comedy is recognition, right? And so, no one thinks of Joe Montana as the Chiefs quarterback. But let's start there, <laughs> okay? No one thinks of Joe Montana as a Chiefs quarterback. I literally, I know think he played two Chiefs years there, but whatever. He's literally. I tell you what, I actually could take you to task on that. Here's the only reason why I could say that is I used to work for the Chiefs, as you guys know. Yeah. uh, And we used to do training camp in River Falls, Wisconsin. Yeah. The most quaint, like just like nicest people in the world, town. And there was this one pizza joint that everybody was like, "Oh, you got to go to it." Yeah. And you go into this pizza joint, and it was like. Oh, Joe Montana, former Chiefs quarterback, because he came there as a member of the Chiefs. So it's like plastered <laughs> all over the walls. Right, right, it's like right. the hollowed grounds right. of this pizza joint. Fair. You know, I'm like, there's oh a my small God. town in Wisconsin where that joke killed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But otherwise, whatever. And Trent Green and like, why, why don't you do Elvis Gerback? Like, at least that's a funny name. It is. Like, if you're going to go with the Chiefs quarterback, like, uh, uh, that, that joke was awful. Uh, can I get any support here? No, I'm, w- I'm with you. Thank I, you, I Mike Clay. Wow, thanks, Mike Clay. That was weak. Uh, not cool, Keith. That was weak Actually, there's, there's a nice beard, Daniel. There's a tweet here from Bill Kenny. Okay. Um, what does Bill former say? Chiefs quarterback. And he <laughs> says, uh, why not me? Fair. Wow. Fair. Yeah. There you go. Thanks, so he Bill. Watched, and thanks for watching. Thanks. Appreciate you. How about <laughs> that? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, seriously. How many other Chiefs quarterbacks can uh, you name for me in 30 seconds? Right. You want to uh, go or no? Ready? Three, two, one. Well, we'll Matthew. Field. Matthew. No. Len Dawson. Go. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> oh, oh, just me. Oh, I thought we were all two. No, go. Start, start over. Seconds. Start no. over. Start, no, 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 start over. I thought it was, it was unclear. All right. Go. Len Dawson, Elvis Gerback, uh, Trent Green, Rich Gannon, um, uh, let's see, uh, God, uh, what, huh? Stop. Stop. Oh, oh, yeah, Alex no. Smith, Alex Steve Bono. Alex Smith, Steve Bono, there you go. Like, this is a competition, that. what are you doing? Yeah, whatever. Oh, it was a competition? Yeah, oh, you you got oh, six, you still got ten more seconds. Ten more, I, I don't know, yeah, and Joe Montana, he counts as, he counts as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> who else? I think I win, I think yeah. that means I win this joke. Because you got two? Because I got two in an undetermined amount of time, and Matthew only got eight in 30 seconds. All right. Well, um, well, take, and now well, Steve, Deberg, now Steve DeBerg has just go? tweeted. Uh, Steve DeBerg just tweeted as well and is, and is also upset. You guys are forgetting some great him. ones here. Oh, Matt Gutierrez, Brody Croyle, <laughs> Matt Castle. Matt Castle. Oh, Matt Castle, we had, yeah. Obviously, we, have, we had Aaron Murray. We had Kevin Hogan. Five right there of There's recent memory. Preseason Hall of Famers. You're right. right. I'll wow. tell you what, Matthew. The names I mentioned, Trent Green and Joe Montana, way worse than those other no, guys I feel just, just mentioned. Just, look, the whole joke was brutal and flawed and not particularly funny. But I do, I do think that if you have to go with that joke, Trent Green or Alex Smith, people that are more aligned with the Chiefs would be better. Len Dawson. Sure. You know, I'm I don't, just, I'm not, I don't know anything about the Chiefs. Trent Green, I just took a shot on Joe Montana. 
You know, I mean, I what mean, do you want me to say? Technically, anyway, he was the, a chief. He was technically, a chief. He, was technically a chief. he was a chief. And you know, you know, the thing is, the other thing about Joe Montana is, if he were playing right now, or even in his prime, he would be backing up Patrick Mahomes. That's how sweet Patrick Mahomes is. Right, that's a little Amazing. bit too bold. That's a little bit too bold, right there. Yeah, Joe uh, Montana's. You think? You think rest of rest of career, Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Ooh, it's close. Uh, so PPR wow. league or no? Who do you want? I like when people ask me quarterback. Uh, Cam or yeah, Matt it Ryan. is PPR. Field Yates, yes. just, PPR. That out. Field Yates <laughs> says <laughs> says Patrick Mahomes better than Joe Montana in this prime. <laughs> so Joe Montana. Remember that from Waterboy? Yeah. Anyways, a couple of uh, let's, let's let's do a couple anyway. of wide receivers here because there yeah. are some important names at wideout. Deshaun Hamilton for the Denver Broncos, one of two players that had seven catches for Denver, and he was the full time player for Denver on Sunday. He played mm-hmm. sixty nine snaps, most amongst wide receivers. Caught a touchdown. I think it was seven of nine targets for Deshaun Hamilton, fourth round rookie out of Penn State, big slot presence. Yeah, and, uh, him and that's and the Tim important Patrick. part is just because we've seen Keenum throughout the year, obviously it was with Emmanuel Sanders, but have success mm-hmm. with a slot. Whether it was Adam Thielen last year, Sanders this year, and you think about their schedule: Cleveland this week at Oakland, then the Chargers in Week 17, who are very good against the slot, but might be resting some players. So it's a nice little schedule yeah. here for Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah, no question. Not, I mean, you only got 47 yards out of the seven catches, but that's okay. You scored a touchdown. He really did slide into that Emmanuel Sanders role inside. And, and as you just mentioned, he's going to be featured in that area. It wasn't just a, you know, this area where he just got a big boost of targets on the outside. He's literally in that Sanders role in the slot. So you like that and keep an eye on, I don't know if you were going to mention Tim Patrick yep. too, played a big role there, seven for 85 and maybe, 10 targets for Tim Patrick. Yeah, yep. yeah. He, 10 targets was tops on the team, but I still think, I think the question really is what's the priority order here? Right? I, like, I think Tim Patrick sold me my loan. I think for my house. That was Tim Timothy Patrick. Oh, uh, is that Timothy Patrick? He goes by Timothy. Yeah. 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 It feels like, I feel like, I think Tim Patrick actually is my, my kid's college counselor. I that was, yeah. <laughs> I think he fixed my computer up at the Bunsen and Beaker's lab we have here. Tim right. Patrick. Tim Patrick. Yeah. I think, I, I, I literally think Dan's he, nephew. I, that's all. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's Dan's so. nephew. We all know this. That was Patrick exactly. Thomas. Yeah. Not Tim Patrick. Yeah. Tim Patrick. Anyways, a couple yeah. more here. Dante Pettis for the 49ers has Wait, been hold on. Re- I feel like Tim on. Patrick is my CPA, I get- actually. I think he prepared my taxes this year. <laughs> I think I that's to, what Tim Patrick I have to do is. the rare cutoff there. Let's, what's the priority order here? Oh, what's Sutton order? one? Um, I still would say Sutton one, Hamilton two, Patrick three. In terms of, you know, if you're Sutton up, it's close. Yeah. I mean, because of the waiver wire percentage, Sutton did not qualify. So I had Hamilton one and then Patrick two. Well, in I'm terms just, of, yeah. In general, how would I rank them? Yeah. yeah. I'm still here starting Sutton first. Yeah. I think I'd be Sutton, Hamilton. Honestly, Patrick. for me, it would depend on what I needed in terms of my raw. I think Sutton is more boomer bust. Mm-hmm. I think, no like, if I need, I need eight points. Just give me somebody that'll get me eight points. I would feel better about Hamilton, who will catch, you know, more passes. They'll take some shots with, um, you know, with Sutton. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm nervous about the fact that, like, it just, you know, last week should have been a big week for Cortland Sutton, and it wasn't. It was not. He got banged up as well. But in I that agree game. with you. Just. In, in a in a in a vacuum, if I have to rank them, Sutton's obviously still number one. Let's continue on with a couple of other wide receivers of note. Dante Pettis for the 49ers, who has seven plus targets and a touchdown in three straight games. Marquis Goodwin came back last week, but the 49ers are in a full-on youth movement. I think it was Matt Mayoko uh, who I saw the piece on that basically alluded to anybody who was in their 30s was not playing for the 49ers on Sunday. And you figure that will not be. Why are you looking at me? I was looking at Mike. Hmm. Yeah. I'm I, listen, I'm in my 30s. This I I, I would play for the 49ers, um, but it, it, they are on a youth movement right now. So you figure that Dante Pettis will continue to be a focal point of this offense and certainly has some upside as he's shown over the past three weeks. Yeah, he's yeah. number six in fantasy points at receiver the past three weeks. Seven plus targets in all those games. 
little fortunate in the touchdown department, but For he sure. is, uh, what is it, four, four touchdowns on his last 12 catches. Not going to sustain that. Uh, obviously, even though he's been performing as a top 10 wide receiver, I don't think he'll continue that going forward. So I'll rank him as a wide receiver three going forward. I, I think that's where he belongs. And Pierre Garçon on IR, too. So yes, yep. he will be soon. That's correct. And Curtis Samuel is my last wide receiver to note. Not a youth movement, per se, in Carolina, but Devin Funchess is no longer a thing anymore. Funchess had zero catches on Sunday. Curtis Samuel has four straight games with at least 12 points, but more importantly, 19 targets over the past two games. He had like 25 for the rest of the season coming into that game. Again, as we sort of talk about Cam Newton and just how that offense has started to look, it's just it's the underneath stuff. Yeah. Just like mm-hmm. he, he's not throwing deep. When he is throwing deep, he's not anywhere near being accurate. Um, I mean, even for Cam. Yeah. And so... Um, he struggled significantly. You know, and so if you're Norv Turner and you're trying to figure out how do I move the ball here given what I have to work with and Cam's not at 100%, what do you want to do? You want to, you know, try to find open, you know, get guys in space and use DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel who are both so great after the catch. Try to scheme them open and let them run. Yeah. And they're looking forward to a little bit here. Devin Funches is free, is a free agent. Now he's fourth in line in pass routes. So this wasn't a situation where like usually played a lot of snaps, but didn't see much volume. He was way behind the other three. Jarius Wright, even. He was well behind him ah. in terms of snap. So if you have Funches and you need that roster spot, maybe you want to go after Justin Jackson, for example, you can go ahead and cut Funches. Reliability matters at this time of the year in the NFL. Let's do a little bit of something we call Back That Up. He's a brainiac, brainiac. He's my clay. We begin. Before we get there, I think we should note this. So Thirsty Kyle just amusing himself back there. So at his current pace in 2018, Patrick Mahomes will pass Joe Montana in career fantasy points after 101 starts, basically six and a half seasons. If if Patrick Mahomes keeps up the current pace in 2018, he would end up with more career fantasy points than Joe Montana in six and a half seasons. What he is doing, he's helping backing your up, backing you up, Field Yates, with your claim that Mahomes is better than Joe Montana in this prime. Six and a half Put it on years. the board. Now, obviously, the offenses and the game is very different. Right? Yeah. Very, yeah. Era, you got to account for yeah. inflation. Yes, uh, well put there, Field. But um, I mean, it's just you know. Let's go to back that up, Mike. Your opportunity to back up some projections. We've accounted. Where for are you one on? Them. Where are you? Is Joe Montana still the greatest quarterback of all time? No, Tom Brady is. I would. Tom agree. Tom Brady is the greatest mm-hmm. and most accomplished quarterback. I would of all agree. Time. Yep. Yeah. But Joe Montana is number two. So, yep. he, like uh, as Bum Phillips say, uh, he, he's not first in class or whatever. But uh, when you call roll, it doesn't take long to get his name. I, I, bu- I butchered that. It's a quote. I get the idea. Like he's though. not. He's not. Is he's not the only one in the class, but it doesn't take long to call the roll. Something I, like that. I'm not sure. Someone Trent Green told me the quote out in the hallway, and it was way better and more fluent. You know yeah, what I mean? Probably. <laughs> but here's the thing: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sitting here. Here's the difference between you. I'm like I. I did that, and I'm like I butchered that, and I know I don't have it right, and I know it's not great. Like I'm owning it, right? You tell a. You tell like seriously, like a bomb of a joke, and you know what you do? You're like, thank you. You're like you're welcome. America. I don't say that. I, no, 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 no. But that's America your attitude. Comes you have this to whole me attitude. To let me know how great it is. What do you want me to say? This hamstring joke has lived for the entire season. It, I did not choose that. No, no, no. You're just like it chose like, itself. You're, like, you're welcome. Like you, you just like you have this attitude of like, yes, I have just bestowed, uh, bestowed upon you this great comedy nugget. You're welcome, America. And, it, and we're just all sitting back here on this side of the left going like, what just happened there? Where's Tarika? Greatness. So, Greatness anyway. just happened there, Matthew. I don't know. Anyway, the uh, Thirsty Kyle found the quote. I don't know if he's in a class by himself, but I knew that when class gets together, it sure don't take long to call the roll. That's uh, Bum Phillips about Earl Campbell. So um, that was classic. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the classics. Miss Bum. 
one of the uh, love you, great, yeah, love you, blue. One of the uh, one of the all time great coaches and uh, characters, great characters in the NFL, NFL history. That yeah. much is his son Wade, also yeah. a great character as well. So, Mike, let's get to back that up. Drew Brees, your first one here at Carolina, eighteen point six points. He's been quiet over the past two weeks, Michael, and yeah, on the road. Yeah, it comes in low in this one, and and you're exactly right. He struggled as of late. Exactly one passing touchdown each of his past two games. You look at his past three fantasy finishes: thirteenth, thirtieth. And 18th. And by the way, he's been very boom bust this season. He's been 13th or worse in five of his past eight games. You're in the run, second run heaviest team in the NFL here. You look at uh, how they call plays near the goal line. 40% of their offensive touchdowns have been runs. That's eighth highest in the league. So yeah, Carolina has been poor against quarterbacks this season, but they've actually only allowed six passing touchdowns during their past four schedule a little lighter. But nonetheless, I think quarterbacks deep. We talk about this all the time. It's very easily, very easy to move a guy from like fifth to 17th based on matchup just because there's so many similar players and breeze uh just the way that offense has been operating not not a, a great not an elite quarterback as he was right out of the gate this talked season. about this yesterday with matthew we are going to have people that are going to be debating whether to even start drew breeze in this matchup on monday night derrick henry mike you got to start him right he scored four touchdowns last week no absolutely not <gasps> not, not much changes what? i know i know it's crazy talk but uh you can't you can't buy you can't look too hard into what he did and there's a few reasons for that he was on the field for 40 percent of their snaps in that game he's at 36 percent this season prior to this huge game he had no more than 65 scrimmage yards in a single game this season. He's still a timeshare back. He's still, it's still a low scoring offense. He's still very touchdown dependent flex option. So I think the only thing that can get you kind of excited here is the matchup. You look at the Giants six most fantasy points to running backs over the past eight weeks. So that gets him into my top 30, but he's not a lock to start by any means. Not much has changed here. Uh, so, um, uh, Two, well, one thing I'll say here is that the, I think there's more than just the matchup here. If you want to use him sort of as a flex play, right? Which is that uh, prior to the crazy week 14, he had scored in five of his previous six games. So you say, well, he's a touchdown dependent flex play. Well, he is scoring touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree with you. Look, there are lots of signs and causes of concern, even in his crazy game against the Jaguars, where he scored more fantasy points than any running back all season long. Deion Lewis still outsnapped him in that game, uh, thirty-five to twenty-three. Like the guy was as hot as any running back in the NFL, and still they were playing Deion Lewis more than Derrick Henry last week. So there is cause for concern. I agree with you. It's a good matchup here. He's a touchdown dependent flex. Having said that, five of the six games prior to last week's four touchdown explosion. All right. ESPN Radio breaking news. You know what? I got this breaking news on my Fantasy Life app. Well done there. This is a really bizarre circumstance. 45 seconds ago. Uh, So John Filippo has been fired as the Vikings offensive coordinator, according to the NFL Network. I was in the hotel that I stay at here in Bristol this morning, and I was talking with Chris Mortensen, and I just said aloud, I said, Mort, I kind of wonder if the Vikings are going to fire John Filippo after what we saw last night. And we sort of talked about it, like, hey, like it's we talked about how bad of a year it's been, and a couple of hours later, he is now fired by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this is probably one of those stories we'll get into more throughout the week. I don't know if there's like, like the fantasy implications here. Well, Mike Zimmer was apparently frustrated with the lack of running game that the Vikings have had so far. So I guess my initial instinct is, Hey, maybe Dalvin comes more. Yeah. That Free. being said, like, the, I don't know. Like, I think part of the reason why there maybe was some, like, I don't know if the obvious step, like, you know, step into a new coordinator spot is for Minnesota. I don't know who that would be, but, uh, bring back Norv. <laughs> oh, no, oh, he can't. He's yep. in Carolina. He's in Carolina. I will say, I wonder if, just whatever, I'm just connecting some dots here. I wonder if DeFilippo, uh, DeFilippo goes back to Philadelphia. 
Because there's been some talk about the missing him and missing Frank Reich, and that offense hasn't been. Don't think know. so, but I will just say this: John DeFilippo is regarded for, in yes, some people's is. book, as like the top coaching candidate this offseason. That's not. I'm not saying this is my own personal. I'm just saying uh, some people's list starts with John DeFilippo. Doesn't really do much to help your cause here if you're getting fired after in your first season uh, with Minnesota calling the plays. Yeah, no question. I think uh, it was just the process they had an issue with. Mike Zimmer wants to follow. Kind of the style, I think, of a team like Seattle that's running the football a ton. He wants to go that direction. And Minnesota's been one of the pass-heaviest offenses in the NFL this season. So he got control of the offense. He threw it a ton. And it hasn't worked as of late. Again, the schedule's been tough. Cousins was fine in the first two months of the yeah. season. I mean, they were scoring points. But uh, obviously a, a, a different in the way, the culture of that team. You wonder if they make this move also to give whoever it is that's going to take this job kind of a soft landing spot. I mean, you think about this over the last four weeks. Dolphins are 18th against the run. They're 30th against the pass. They're a bottom 10 scoring defense. And the game obviously will be in Minnesota on the turf. So, I mean, in fairness to John, like, you just paid $84 million for a quarterback. Yeah. Do you want me to hand him off? I know. Like, I mean, like, I know, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Anyway, so, uh, anyway, uh, worth noting, I got that alert like two minutes ago on the Fantasy Life app. It is 100% free. Go to fantasylifeapp.com. Get all, we crush it on the alerts. There's a reason there's 4.8 stars in the app store. It's 100% free app, fantasylifeapp.com or wherever you get apps. All right. Amari Cooper's are next on up here. Mike, you had an amazing week last week. How high do you climb on Amari Cooper? Uh, I have him wide receiver 14 at the moment. Uh, I certainly think he's a fringe. He's right in that range, right? A fringe top 10 guy. He's been awesome so far. Uh, wide receiver two in fantasy since he joined, joined the Cowboys at uh, ninth and OFP. So the opportunity has been a low, a little lower. He's been uh, over his head to an extent. And that's what's going to happen when you have those long touchdowns, not sustainable uh, to get a bunch of them over a long term. Nonetheless, wide receiver 26 or better in five of his six games with the Cowboys averaging 8.8 targets per game. Uh, is there a reason to be a little concerned in this matchup? Yeah, the Colts have been a lot better against wide receivers. Sixth fewest fantasy points to receivers on the season. In fact, the last wide receiver unit to finish a week better than 17th was all the way back in week five. Now, the schedule has not been super tough, but I mean, you have Cooper and Dallas, and then it's not the most, the scariest wide receiver unit, even though I like Michael Gallup. But nonetheless, they have slowed opposing wide receivers and Cooper's next on the docket. Mark Cooper was unbelievable last week against the against the Eagles. He looks to keep it up this Sunday against the Colts. Last one here, Mike. It's Thursday night again. It's Travis Kelsey. And, uh, although it looks like Tyreek Hill is going to play, he is banged up. We don't think we're going to have Sammy Watkins. Matthew joked he's going to set the record for tight end targets. But maybe, just maybe, it could happen on Thursday. It may. I mean, especially after last week, they went after him a ton. He was heavily targeted earlier. Well, early especially if Ty- I mean, we know Tyreek Hill is going to play, but we don't know how healthy he is. Right. Could yeah. he be out yeah. there as a decoy? You know, I mean, like, hey, we're just going to send you on some routes and we're actually going to just, you know, try to keep it underneath. Yeah, you might draw a little Desmond King, but I wouldn't be too worried about that. I mean, he's still a a superstar, heavily targeted in this offense, 9.4 targets per game this season. Think about what Zach Ertz is doing. He's going to set the record for catches by a tight end. And Kelsey has more fantasy points than him. He's been tremendous as well. Uh, Kelsey has double digit targets in six games this season. His 27% target share is a career high. And he's finished five of the past six weeks as a top three fantasy tight end. And four of them were first place finishes. So, uh, you know, the Chargers have been decent against tight ends, but I'm not worried. I mean, Kelsey, what can you say? The guy is a dominant presence in that offense. So he has four different games this year with at least 28 and a half fantasy points. Okay. Four different games at at least 28.5 fantasy points. Every other tight end in the NFL, if you combine all of them, also have four games with 28.5 fantasy You're points. Like he's that. Good. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's just, 
it's unbelievable kind of the kind of season that Travis Kelsey has had part of that amazing Chiefs offense. You project him for 19.5 points. It's interesting. Somebody tweeted at me and, you know, because the way I do love hate now is I basically take uh, projections and I take the over to the under. I say this is somebody my loves are people that I think exceed uh, the projections. My hates are people that I think fall under. And it's the person tweeted me and says, I basically read love hate every week as Matthew Berry versus Mike Clay, yeah. <laughs> which is which is sort of true. It's sort of like, you know, it's unfair because I get to sort of cherry pick who I who I like and you're projecting every single player. But it is it is a fun process. And I will tell this. As just a compliment to you, Mike, it is hard every week. Um, I enjoy the way doing it that way because I think it makes more clear for the reader and it makes it, it allows me to talk about, frankly, bigger name players mm-hmm. because then I can talk about, I can say like, even the, like Travis Kelsey, I could take the over, right? Everyone's starting Travis Kelsey, but it helps for daily and it just it makes it a wider ranging column. But it's tough because I'd be like, that's about right. That's, I mean, like it's, it that's becomes, it, yeah, well, no, you do a really I'm like good job. The Vegas lines, like Vegas, you know how hard it is to pick against the spread. That's yeah, right. essentially what projections are. They're right. basically your line. Yeah. And, uh, you do a really nice job with them because every week it well, is a challenge you. to find, find where I think our flaws is a wrong, is a strong word, but where I think there are areas for arbitrage or whatever, where I think, Hey, mm-hmm. I think there's a chance this guy goes over. I think there's a guy chance where this guy goes under and Kyle will, will vouch for me here. Uh, like how many times, cause we always, we self grade ourselves. We don't publish them or whatever, but we always self grade ourselves. And I can't tell you how many times it's like, like where I got one wrong because I took the under and it was like 15.9 and he ended up at 16.1. Yeah, Mike, you're better than Vegas. Like us against you is like us against the spread. It's hit or miss by like a point every it's freaking Every time. time it's like half a point. It's one point. It's 1.2. It's like, it's oh, it's oh, it's razor thin every single but week. Twitter only remembers the big misses. Of they course. only remember the two hundred yard games. Like, how did you have Derrick Henry? Why did you, you have Derrick Henry? Right, forever. That right. and only like, saying the Jaguars the are going to be twelfth best defense when they really finished as like I don't know, like the twenty eighth best defense. Oh my god, pathetic! I think they ended up scoring like some like wasn't like six points. Was it? All yeah. I know is whatever his saying Bad. the Jaguars are going to be twelfth is just like just. Bad. Astronomically Betting. wrong. Bad show. Sorry, man. Oh, wait, that's another Jaguars. Did we Mike back? Kafka ever play mm. ch- quarterback for the Chiefs? He did. I know yeah, he now works for them. I know. Yeah. I know he now works for them. And oh. I know he was. Like, I know he was a quarterback with the Eagles under Andy. I think. Yeah. But I don't know Reed if he ever played there. quarterback. Yeah. I don't know if he took a snap. I'm not sure, but I think he was on that. He roster. He was on the roster as a quarterback so. at one Terrell point. Terrell Pryor the was there for a minute. You count yeah. that one as a quarterback yeah, sure. or not? Anyway, Mike Kafka. Mike Kafka would have been a good, good reference. There you have it. More Chiefs quarterbacks talk coming on Wednesday. We have a lot going on. Uh, Matthew will be back on Friday. Mike back with us tomorrow. We've yes. got the latest on injury updates plus ranking chatter and so much more. Matthew Barry TMR on all forms of social media except for the Fantasy Life app. Mike Clay NFL on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Field Yates. What do you got, Matthew? Fantasy show on ESPN Plus later today and fantasylife.com. Go check it out. If you need some holiday shopping, promo code MB10 gets you 10% off. Check it out. Tumblers and also get yourself a secret squirrel shirt. Talk to you guys go. tomorrow. Peace out. <laughs> Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry, TMR. You, 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 you guys, go ahead. Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail bait, field yay. You're, you're, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at field yay. At field yay. Stefania Bell. Barry convert you. Secret squirrel Daniel Dodd. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people realize.
Geico presents, oh, not again, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide open. Uh, while you're there, could you also turn off the oven and all of the burners? <laughs> My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why. <laughs> The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.